Hey there, Internet. I'm uh, Luxander. This is the Transatlantic Podcast, a conversation between two trans people from across the pond. I'm a transmasculine person from the United States, and my co-host over here is... A trans-feminine person from the UK, and that is who I am. England. And what, what's your name? My name is Kat, sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I, I did it out of order. order. I, it's okay. Kat, it was my fault. Kat, for not, not a dog. That's what it is. <laughs> Okay, so this week uh, we are going to address this email that we got back in August. I'm sorry for not getting to your email until two months later. Um, we're terrible people, so we Sometimes apologize. we're not on the ball. <laughs> not on the ball. So, all right. Uh, th- this was uh, in response to an email that we got before from Reese, and uh, there's some questions that we want to go ahead and touch on, see if we can, see if we can answer questions. Um, so one of these questions is, were either of us active in advocating polit- or advocating slash politics before? Uh, do you feel like you have to be active now or has that drive to be active in conversations increased? Do you want to answer first? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, I don't know how much you want to get in, we want to get in deep, too deep into it, but we, um, I think we mentioned before, we used to write for this blog called Teen Skeptic at the same time, which was basically like science advocacy and feminism and stuff like that, which I found very rewarding at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we did um, we did a bunch of those, put a bunch of blogs for those. So like talking about social justice and um, science and skepticism and things like that. I think I wrote a piece on there about um, about One Direction lyrics and why they don't make any sense, which I quite <laughs> liked, which I like doing. Um, I wrote a thingy there about like. Metroid and shit like that because I'm an idiot and I can't just answer like sensible questions um, but I found that quite fun and I really always in, and I ended enjoy advocating for that sort of thing um, I, I've like I've done I've done a bit of charity stuff before and things like that and I find that very satisfying but honestly like for a while I was sort of tired of it like I think I burnt out on it like I wrote a blog like after like while I was doing Teen Skeptic um, that I ran for like every day for two years which was on like similar themes and stuff and it did a bunch of other things as well and there's a bit of satire and things like that but I think after I think at some point if you do that if you if you can really burn yourself out and I don't give yourself enough space and I didn't do that so for a while I was kind of like out of that game and it was only like being trans and like seeing how hard it is for people and getting so much help online the stuff that kind of made me want to give back and also Lux was there doing YouTube videos and stuff and they're pretty mm-hmm. cool and like we knew each other and we knew and we talked before and we did a few episodes of um a podcast for Teen Skeptic a while back I think mm-hmm. I can't remember how many we were both on but um yeah I don't know like I think I was on like three or four maybe yeah I think I was on all five by the end because I was editing because and I'm super anal about being about doing that sort of thing but um well yeah, you were so also we the Sasquatch so I was the Sasquatch. If you can go back <laughs> and find a video online, it does exist. If you go on YouTube and search for Sasquatch interview, you can actually find it. And it's pretty, it's pretty silly. It's like an hour. It's like, I think it's over an hour. Yeah. Just footage. Of, I was so um, bad of... back then. Oh God. <laughs> I can't listen to it now. Yeah, me too. Like the, there are some really, really bad jokes in that Sasquatch interview as well. Like it's, it's an over an hour long of, a bunch of vloggers sitting talk like pretending that I'm a Sasquatch and we're getting an interview and we don't even know we don't have a costume 
barely any preparation. No one knew what we were doing. It was amazing. And if I'm sure if we watch it back, it'll be really awful because I made some awful, awful jokes in there. And I, think I still have my files from that. Like, <laughs> that was like five years ago, and I still have my original files from that. That's nuts. Yeah. I do remember I said that Saskatchewan was from Iowa at some point, which it was apparently like the best, one of the best things I've ever said. But now it doesn't sound as good as it did right now. Yeah, it's so out of context now. But the, the reason is because, and I've said it on the podcast, I think we've already, yeah, we've talked about this podcast before, but, and it's true every time. Every time I drive through Iowa, it smells like shit without fail, <laughs> without fail. And I drive through there like once or twice a year, at least going up to Minnesota. So... Yeah. This is the official podcast position on Iowa. Um, it's not my shit. I cannot confirm or deny, so I'll just accept my co-host's um, judgment. The um, gas is but, pretty cheap, though. Oh, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, we did that. We did that for a bit. Um, that's why I thought that this would work. And, like, I've joined since I've been doing, like, LGBT societies and stuff. I've been trans rep for two different societies right now. Considering like moving into activism, maybe if academia doesn't work out, and like, because I enjoy doing it and I like representing people and campaigning for that sort of thing, but it is exhausting, especially when you try and bite for more than you can chew. So I'm aware of that, but like, no, I enjoy doing it, and like, as long as I'm enjoying it, that's I want to be doing it. But I'm I don't want to cause myself unnecessary mental anguish, and um, despite what I was talk- what we were talking about um, before the show. About what I'm currently doing to myself. <laughs> Literally not we about, you don't need bad to know. jerk brain. Yeah, you don't need to know about about that about that conversation. Um, what about you, Lux? How do you, how do you feel about this? Um, so you you said that, that you had a little bit of an increase uh, due to being trans, like just yeah. a slight increase in interest. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I've been active in advocation and politics since I was. I mean, I've been like reading the blogs and stuff since I was like 14-ish, which is about nine years ago for me. So I started actually blogging, though, uh, I think it was five years ago, roughly. Yeah, I have such a hard time relating like things in my life. But yeah, I started blogging for Teen Skeptic the year that I turned 18, which was 2012. So (laughs) five years ago. Um, Yeah. And so that was when I started actively participating. I had my own blog where I actually did talk about different, like, LGBT issues, but it was, like, a personal blog, so a lot of it was, like, you know, my personal opinion. But I I did still consider that, like, a form of being, you know, active. And I was in the GSA at one high school, and I started a GSA at my second high school. So, yeah, I've definitely been interested in advocacy and being involved in politics since I was rather young. And, uh, it, it's always been something that I really love to do, I guess. Uh, I'm this year kind of disillusioned with a, a lot of movement feminism, um, and movement like SJW groups, um, which I have previously aligned with, but I'm more recently like skeptical of and kind of distancing myself from. And yeah, I think we should it, cover that probably at some point. But like, I feel like yeah. I feel you there, like because I feel like I got the same kind of thing with like movement skepticism after the whole like mis- misogynist faction really sort of took off and things like that. And then like just sort of like like caring more about LGBT issues sort of overtook it. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. Um, I stopped caring about the skeptic community itself a very long time ago, but uh, 
yeah, it's been only this year that, like, the sect of the skeptic community that kind of broke off in its own little iceberg um, that I was on has become in and of itself a toxic place for me. So, yeah, like, there's layers of issues that we could talk about there uh, in in both communities. Um, <clears throat> but uh, being trans has... It, being trans has exposed me to a lot of intersectionality that I may not have otherwise been exposed to. And definitely I have empathy for a lot of different kinds of people because of the fact that I have experienced like so many different kinds of interactions with people where, you know, my identities are known or unknown or assumed. And so I just have a lot of perspective from a lot of different corners and it makes me more like I'm, I want to be more active talking about like, I mean, shit, I, I talk about non non-binary issues like a lot because I am non-binary and I guess that's the thing that is most important to me. Like I speak about women's issues, but a lot of the time it's through the lens of how they're connected to my experience as being non-binary and at varying times of my life being perceived as one or another. Um, and then this most recent, like, Me Too hashtag thing that has popped up this past weekend, which, you know, will date the recording a little bit. And I don't want to really talk about it that much because it is something that I don't, I just don't feel like getting in a tizzy over. Um, but I feel like it's kind I've of important, some, but. Well, yeah, but I don't want to, I just don't want to, like, I just don't feel like talking about it because I've already okay. spent so much <laughs> of my brain for the last 24 hours thinking about it and talking about it. But th basically there's been some erasure of uh, non-binary and like trans men experiences. Um, just a number of shitty things have happened that are obnoxious, but it makes me, you know, more vocal about like, hey, fuck you. This is just as much of an issue for trans men and not only do like we have this happen to us just as often as fucking anybody else, but we are not allowed to talk about it because we talk about it and get told that we're distracting the issue from the more important people, which apparently are cis and trans women, like because their experiences count more than ours. Like I've been sexually assaulted. I'm trans masculine. You know, that's me being subjected to misogyny, even though I'm not a woman. Like that's exactly how it works. You know, don't erase people's experiences. So that's why I don't want to like get into talking about it a lot. But my point is that I'm actively interested in participating in that conversation because of the intersection of my non-binary identity um, within the politics that I've already been embroiled in for the last five or six years. Yeah, that's fair. I do yeah. want to briefly just say in terms of that hashtag that I don't, well, what was I going to say? I had something really important to say there. <laughs> Sorry. I, th I think I, th <laughs> I think it's important to when you're going for equality to be equal, and I think that we should all be able to get behind that, and that not to dismiss people's issues, even if even if it seems in the immediate moment like they may not be directly relevant, because sometimes they are, and sometimes they're very important and tragic, and you know feminism is important to men too, and men can suffer suffer from misogyny and the lens it comes under like it's not a, it doesn't make a fun environment for any of us and like you know don't, if dismissing other people is the is the, is the fastest way to get the people to um oppose you i think listening to people and trying to understand and find each other and find a common ground is the best way to start a conversation about these things yeah 
I guess I, I will also point out that uh, a lot of people always say, you know, why do women have to be so explicit about their experiences in order to be taken seriously? Like, well, guess what? I have been witness to a lot of dudes recently having to lay bare their experiences in ways that I don't see women do uh, in order to be taken seriously. Like, a lot more details than I hear from the accounts of women most of the time. Um, just to, to be like, hey, this is what I've experienced. This is how bad it was. I, I can talk about this. Like, so, yeah. Like, I see men having to be just as, like, I don't know. It disappoints me a little bit that they have to, like, do that in order to be taken seriously. But it sucks that women have to do it. Like, it sucks that anybody has to do it. But it sucks that within feminist groups, these men have to be like, yeah, all of these horrible, horrible things happened to me. Is it okay for me to talk about this yet? So, yeah. Yeah, I think I get the place where they're coming from, but I think they're going about it definitely the wrong way. Um, yeah. Also, like, I'm kind of scared to join in that hashtag, like, considering it all day because of I'm a trans woman and I've, and I've like, experienced people, like, not thinking I'm valid before and, like as a trans as a woman and as a lesbian and stuff and being dismissed for that so it's yeah we exist please don't forget us and trans women <laughs> trans men men non-binary people you know we're all people i mean like obviously like women get treated like shit and that's part of why i'm a feminist advocate as well and a massive and like i did feminist blogs for years and i still write about those issues and care a lot about those issues and it's one of the most important things i think that i want to fight for yeah, I identify very strongly as a feminist and like my approach to um, sociology is typically using feminist theory in an intersectional like gaze. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's basically just like third wave feminism, but literally that's it's sociolo sociological theory is feminist theory. And that's just kind of my approach to literally everything. Yeah, it's like it's intersectional, feminist, uh, if it's not intersectional, it's not feminism. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've been super political for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly we have opinions. Right. Um, this is, I like this question. It's kind of a fun question, and or at least a relaxed question. How do you keep track of what was and wasn't talked about? I listen to every episode and can't even remember stuff that you just talked about, let alone something from episode one. Do you together coordinate somehow or have a system to stay on topic and not rehash old content? I feel like we do accidentally <laughs> rehash content all the time. Yeah, we do that. We do that like almost every episode. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Did I tell you about this thing that happened? Yeah, I did. Oops. <laughs> and Sorry, it doesn't get cut out like half the time either. <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think we do coordinate. I don't think I don't think we even keep track. Like honestly, like a lot of the time when we go off on a tangent, we don't know where we're going and we don't know where we're going to end up, and it just ends up like <laughs> stuffing for three minutes and trying to coordinate sometimes. But yeah, we we kind of like we don't even keep a like pre-planned out list of topics anymore. We kind of like ran dry of most of the stuff on our original list. And then since then, it's been like, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about this this week. <laughs> yeah, which I kind of like. I kind of like that. Like, it feels a bit more seat of the pants. It feels a lot more like, I don't know. It feels like when, less, when, you, when, you have to, when you're planning less for it, I think it can feel more casual and less Yeah, it, it contributes to the conversational tone that we already have. I agree. Yeah, yeah we don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, we're bad about it. We don't we so. don't even schedule properly like half the time. So. 
But I, I do listen to our podcast, and sometimes I'll, like, go back and listen to it from the beginning. Like, yeah. I, think, I think I've done that a couple of times now. So You've referenced get... a couple episodes by name a few times. It's been very impressive. But, like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I could do that. Ah. <sighs> I like the names that you come up with. I, I would just want to point out that I have almost nothing to do. Well, I have basically nothing to do with post-production except for like hosting the file transfer um, so that like I can get my recording over there to Kat so that she can edit it. Like Kat does all the editing. She comes up with the titles. She writes the descriptions. She uploads the shit to SoundCloud. She's the one who does all the hard work. And so she, she deserves props. I just sit here and bullshit for an hour. <laughs> I enjoy your bullshit, though. That's why I'm here. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's a good dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We don't really coordinate any of that shit. <sighs> Sorry. I don't like the... If we've given the illusion of that, though, that's good. That means um, we're giving them some illusion of competence, which is a rare in my life. Exactly. I, I mean, honestly, though, I have tried to listen to some other trans podcasts, and I feel like our shit is, like, way together, surprisingly. <laughs> are you throwing shade right now i'm not naming any names and i don't i don't even remember any of them it's been like three months since i looked <laughs> i just don't remember uh, being impressed the opinions expressed on this podcast are not um the opinions <laughs> of transatlantic or soundcloud or any of its associates of <laughs> any of its affiliates uh, my opinions are my own and do not reflect on cat and her superior tact tact abilities please don't hate me other trans podcasts <laughs> please 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 tweet me and tell me i'm a horrible person as previously stated i'm just along for the ride here <laughs> oh dear do we so, have another question <laughs> yeah we do uh we were hesitant about doing this question because it could end up being like an entire podcast in and of itself but we ha have like a lot of time to kill so um, this question is, uh, have we found that employers, um, maybe inadvertently, maybe unintentionally, have excluded us from being hired in the same way that uh, in dating you can be excluded as a potential partner? Um, you know, interviews are stressful once you transition. You know, how, how has that been? Have you had to find jobs or are you just in school right now? I... So I was unemployed for a year after my master's degree, basically. I mean, that's kind of not really true because I was spending a lot of time writing up the paper that would later get me a PhD. But um, so for after my master's degree, I spent a few months living in Bristol, trying to, which is in the southwest of England, trying to get a job there, finishing off my paper and talking and staying at the university and doing some reading and writing and stuff like that. Um, during that period... I changed my name, like, on all my documents, basically, and began applying for jobs as Cat long before I passed, um, long, like, before I think I'd had any laser sessions or anything. But uh, as part of the NHS, I was made to change my name before I was comfortable with it, mm. and that's just the way it happened. So I was applying for jobs under my name Cat. I wasn't getting many responses. A couple of the interviews I went to... Um, one of the jobs I got, it was at a cinema, I did it for a month, but it was really far away. It basically cost me too much to go over there. Like it wasn't really making it, making ends meet. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a few interviews where like, it was quite explicit that they just didn't want me for superficial reasons. Like they said, like in the interview, I'm sure you're very competent at the job, but you'll be an amazing writer. But we just, 
don't think you're right for us, whatever the fuck that means. Right. Um, I cannot say for definite that was transphobia, but I definitely did not pass then, and I was wearing a women's shirt, so you read between the lines. Um, and then I started applying for things again. After I'd been you know, a long time, I was like, yeah, I'll start applying, applying again with my old name. And I was suddenly getting much further in the interview process. And um, I got my PhD under that name. I got a few interviews for some pretty cool jobs. You know, I can't confirm or deny whether that was just luck, but it seems to me like it might be. Like once I got my PhD position, I guess things changed because like I was, I applied with my male name. I, when I got in there, I changed to the female name because I was miserable trying to present male. Um, which is kind of obvious when you think about it. I'd been presenting female <laughs> for a few months before, but I'd convinced myself that I wouldn't pass by the time I started. So when I started passing on, on occasion and being not allowed to use the men's bathroom a couple months before I started, I was very shocked. So I kind of had to change my plans once I was there and just miserable using my old name and stuff. And hopefully I don't think anyone in the office remembers my old name. So this is something I'm hoping for. But yeah, so like I, I think now... It might not be such an issue because I'm in academia, which is quite a liberal field. And like I have a paper behind me and things like that, which helps me in that respect. And, you know, but I I can't say that for sure because I applied for the stuff I've actually been successful with. All the stuff I've been successful with so far, I applied in my old name. Uh, I applied in my old name for and all the stuff I applied in my new name for before I was passing did not go so well. So I... Big question mark, but probably not So you not haven't good. had any experiences of, like, being, like, you know, cute like you are now with your current name and oh, trying to you. apply for a job that way? <laughs> um, I don't remember if I've, I've actually applied for anything since. I, I've... Nothing especially, because the PhD's long process and I don't have time for any other shit with it. Um, I, you know, I have to apply to do, like, demonstrating and stuff, like, with students and things, but, like... That's done internally, and I'm not sure how that would affect it. Like, the, all the staff basically know I'm trans because I came out to, the, all, to all of them at once. Like, I'm sure if they didn't know before, it'll come out at some point because mm -hmm. people talk. And I'm not bothered about that. I'm fine with everyone knowing because it's just the way I am. I can't go three minutes without fucking talking about it most of the time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I so, feel so annoying sometimes, but it's like, that's my life. It's what I think about constantly. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I've applied for, like, positions and, like, committee groups and stuff like that and things like that. I mean, the only thing I had to, I sort of had a mixed response for when I was um, applying for stuff is just com is a society thing. So I, at some point, I got kind of, like, people encouraged me to apply for president of an LGBT society, and I didn't get that. And I'm sure that was fine because it's LGBT, but you never know. Um, and, like... I, we had a moment in one of the societies where we didn't have a lesbian rep and I was sort of like, you know, I could do it if we don't have one. Like, I'd rather not do two reps at once. We could do it. And I had a dismissed attitude, but that's, you know, that's that might not be anything. I might be reading too much into it. Or, of course, just because I've not had that much as much experience, you know, in that position as, others, as a lot of the cis lesbians in the society, and I don't hold that against them. So mm -hmm. I can't say for certain in that respect. And we'll hope I won't get anything bad in the future. I did talk to a potential person I could do a postdoc with at a conference, and he didn't seem to have a problem with that fact, and he'd interviewed with me when I had a beard, so I'm sure that's fine. Yeah, that's that's definitely progress. Like, I mean, it's definitely good to be in, like, a fairly liberal... Like, being in academia in general is a, a typically liberal place to be, 
And I agree. So, you know, that, that, that can be rather fortunate. I think you have had more problems with, with jobs and stuff than I have. Although, well, I don't know. Um, that, some of some of my job troubles may have been because of I would like my being trans, but it may also have been just because of like the intersection of other things that kind of go along with that, like being against Trump and stuff like that. Um, Do you want to get into that? Because I'm not sure they're, they're, they're getting like a, an LGBT person in a small town that's and that's li- that's kind of quite liberal is gonna. I think that's interesting to anyway, like even if it doesn't, but and it might it might have some intersection. Oh, I mean, I actually live in a fairly liberal town, like. The place where I live is, like, I live in the Midwest, but I live in a liberal city. Like, it's a college town, and it's relatively small. So, it's a kind of odd place. It's not, it's kind of out of place for where it is, um, but I like it. No, I actually place, like place you expect to find a university. I mean, I don't know. I'm like, we're like, basically halfway in between Kansas City and the capital of Topeka so like we're we're like not far away from some fairly important places like Kansas City is becoming like a national place where like I don't know huge events happen so we don't live like super far away from there but uh I don't know anyway it's it's a pretty liberal place like surprisingly that I live um and also there's like a huge difference between you and me in our like just our trans experiences because it's harder for you to pass and uh you know even feminine like like basically like feminine people who are masculine in appearance i want to say um like face like less of an issue than like you know for example somebody who looks what someone would say like my man in a dress um (laughs) like obviously you have a, a much harder time than i do because, yeah. I mean, I got my job at at my first gas station. Just, like, I'm a woman. I don't give a fuck. Like, don't bother me. Um, even though I already identified as genderqueer, I just didn't care. I just didn't bother. And when I, I started taking testosterone while I was working there, but I also was in the process of finding another job. So I didn't, like, try to make people switch pronouns or anything like that. I just kind of dealt with it and until I left. And then I was uh, stealth at my job at the post office. Um, when I did my interview, I'm pretty sure that I passed. And I, you know, I'm pretty sure that I passed well enough for the most part um, with my coworkers for the year that I worked there. And I ended up quitting that job because of my disabilities. And then I worked at Jimmy John's and I kind of loved that job. Um, but there was like a flat earther Trump supporter there who worked there and it was a job where I felt comfortable and I had decided like I have been like pretending to be a cis man at work for the last year and and plus and I don't want to fucking do that anymore. So, you know, I was just like, I'm going to be chatty all the time because that's what I do and I'm in a good mood and I ended up like slicing my finger open and because the Trump supporter dude is like friends with the manager, I'm pretty sure that that's why I got fired. It was it was like a convenient excuse. Um, mm. Yeah. What is a Jimmy John's, by the way? Jimmy John's it's a it's a sandwich place that uh, is primarily kind of oriented around doing delivery. It's like Subway, or yeah, kind of like Subway, but with the heavy delivery element on it. Sounds pretty good to be fair. 
Yeah. I mean, they're okay. They can be pretty good sometimes. Depends. But the mm. company is shit. Um, you don't have to weave the others around to make sandwiches. That's the rule. Do what? You don't have to believe the earth is around to be able to make a good sandwich. Yeah. Well, the other guy was a driver, too, so he didn't make sandwiches. <laughs> he just uh, had to drive on on roads. <sighs> drive uh, off the edge of the earth. Yeah, just do it. Right I saw a really cool disc. video about that, actually, and, like, how the gravity and shit would be way different the further out on the disc it, if it were, like, actually a disc, yeah. you know? It's fascinating. You know, where do they think Antarctica is? Um, I honestly don't know. I, honestly, <laughs> I really don't know. I've never looked at a map of, like, somebody who is like, the Earth is flat, this is what it looks like. So, yeah. It's because it's like those ideas fl- are beneath me. If you want to, what was it, fucking B.O.B., that guy that did airplanes with Haley Williams? Yeah. He was saying he wanted to pay to, like, fucking have some big satellite to prove that the Earth was flat. Or you could just get in a plane and fly over Antarctica and round back to the other side. And you'd be like, oh, it's round. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, that. <laughs> that would be much cheaper than sending something into space. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to tell B.O.B. how airplanes work because clearly he, he knows. He wrote a song about it. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, but he was pretending about airplanes at that point, and he was pretending they're in, like, shooting stars, which they're not. They're, like, cars and the air. So clearly, maybe he doesn't know how airplanes work, and that's, <laughs> that's his doesn't. big problem. <laughs> maybe he needs to think uh, about that. I'm okay with him blowing all of his money to send something into space, though. That's fine. I don't know. We need a lot of our resources back on Earth. If we keep sending shit to space, we're going to have nothing left for the other rappers. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna oh, ma- who's Lord. gonna ma- who's gonna make you know expensive music desks and shit for their raps? You know, that's what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, jewelry. Some rappers like jewelry. I don't know if Bob has jewelry or not. I have no idea if he has any other merch. <laughs> I like that one song because Haley Williams is in it, and that's it. That's all I know yeah. about him. He did one with the Rivers Cuomo from Risa. Yeah, he's not smart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, B.O.B. I mean, Bob. I mean, we all know you're called Bob, really. Bob. 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 <laughs> um, so just to quickly wrap up on the on the jobs thing, uh, it wasn't an issue at my job where I was a housekeeper because I knew someone who worked there um, from, like, since I started dating my husband, basically, like, really long time ago. Uh, so that wasn't an issue. And then at this job that I have now, which is at a convenience store gas station again, um, I felt comfortable enough with the manager who is a woman. And I think that her being a woman is why she's so amazing, uh, as a manager fight me. Um, I, I was comfortable enough with her in my first interview to be like, yeah, I'm trans. Yo, what's up? And so it hasn't been an issue. Like pretty much everybody at work knows because, uh, like we were saying, uh, earlier, like we cannot, we cannot not talk about it. <laughs> like it's just mm. part of our lives. Uh, so yeah. Although if you are, although if you are having trouble finding work for the trans thing, I would recommend maybe trying to find uh, someone to report about it because, um, there are a lot of websites and blogs now that would be willing to cover that and make it a big deal and make it so less people can do that to you. And I'm sorry if it has happened to you. But it is hard to pinpoint, you know, like you were saying earlier, what it is that has made them decide not to hire you. 
because it could yeah. be it could be anything and they don't have to give you a specific reason they just have to be like oh we don't think that you'd be a good fit for our company which could be coded language for this is a customer service position and we think that our customers would be pissed off if we had a trans woman behind the desk so yeah. you know sure if they make it if, if it's clear and explicit if you've got like a camera in your hat and you catch it you know do what you can fight fight the power but we are advocates so i guess that's sort of my instinct rather than actually yeah. what's safe for you again like this is this is what we this is what we do this is what we do Advocacy. was there a question about dating because i saw it before and i don't know if it's a question or so much just like a comment on it um uh that might be the part of the question that was like have employers excluded us from being hired in the same way that uh in dating situations we've been excluded as potential partners Ah, uh, okay um, well, I don't know. So, so I, I want to. I just want to because this. I don't know. If this is actually in the questions. The, the questions listed, but I do want to briefly bring this up if you don't mind. Just the first paragraph sure. of this email. So, um, I think we 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 might have covered this a little bit more in the dating question, so we won't spend too much time on it. But um, just ask. Um, I think basically Reese was asking about like the dating pool being basically reduced by ninety nine point nine percent by just putting trans stuff on there. And um, whether that like whether that has a hard time making you realize where you fit in to, into the equation of have, like having a romantic encounter, um, so like just a changing experience with that and stuff and how that relates, because I don't know about you, but I've I've got obviously I've got I think we talked about this before I got tra- I'm trans in my profile and I am pretty sure that that does work into it because recently I had an experience with this and this is why I wanted to bring it up. So I have, I've been getting a bit more attention on Tinder recently. Um, God knows why. But um, I've been, I, I may have lost three stone and dyed my hair. Maybe that has nothing to do with it. But um, I've been getting a bit more attention. Sometimes I'm asked for people to meet up and they stop talking to me, which could be because of the trans serum, could be just because they don't like me or something like that. That's fine. Um, but like, I had this one encounter recently where I had someone who was basically arranging a hookup. And I wasn't sure whether I was comfortable with that. So basically I wanted to make sure like everything was cool because you know, if you meet up for that sort of thing and it turns out they don't know, it's gonna be a big problem. So even though it was in my profile and I have my Instagram hooked up at the bottom of my Tinder profile with my trans timeline in it as like the first picture. So it's super mm-hmm. obvious as long as you just look at the fucking profile. I said, you do know I'm trans, right? I know that's a deal break for some people. And I was pretty sure the answer would either be, oh yeah, I know, or oh no, stop talking to me. But instead, I got this, so I was sort of surprised. It was, it was all right. I was like pre-op or post-op, which I expected. So I told them pre, and they're like, well, I have a boyfriend, so... And I was like, okay, cool, this is, this is fine. And then she, and it was like, so threesome? I said, um... Oh, my. That's not what I expected. Um, yeah, that took a turn. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um... And she's like, how do you feel about men? I'm like, not too great, honestly. Um, but maybe I could be persuaded. I don't know. I'm quite desperate these days. And like, <laughs> <laughs> basically what I've gone down to is like, if you want to do it with me on my alone, you can, you have to, you'd have to do me in my, my butthole. And I was like, you know, I'm not actually that sure. I like, I want to use it like that. And like a lot of trans women don't, so don't assume they'll want to peg you. And it's yeah. like, I don't know what about that. Like, I don't. 
I didn't think I'd be in this position, but I did turn down a threesome. I guess that's kind of person I am. And the kind of girl that turns down a threesome because it's got a man in it. Um, (laughs) I mean, we'll see. More power to you. Yeah, I mean, if they were in person and I was drunk, I'd probably say yes. But like, I was sober and had my wits about me. Um, And like, I don't know, I thought it was pretty funny, but at the same time, it's like, don't be presumptuous. And also, why is there a thing like, like, does your boyfriend own your vagina? Like, is there a reason why that's a thing? Like, yeah, as soon as you said that she asked pre or post-op and then the boyfriend got brought up, I was like, she asked you because they have an OPP, which yeah. is obviously, like, impacts trans people in a bullshitty way. <sighs> OPP, by the way, uh, for people who don't know about, like, uh, polyamory terms, um, it's shorthand for one penis policy, which is regarded by some people as sort of controlling you know you're you might as well be monogamous with the fact that you're not actually adhering to poly principles of open communication and like not being controlling of your partner um and yeah and they're also kind of sexist and transphobic in certain different aspects um so in this situation what we had was a woman and a man a cis woman and a cis man who apparently had some relationship agreement where nobody else could put their dick inside of this girl. And, you know, first of all, they didn't care about whether Kat wanted to do that. And second of all, (laughs) you know, it was, it was like this weird possessive thing about the pussy, which is just the weirdest thing ever. It's so, it's, isn't it so creepy how possessive that, like the whole idea is like, I own your vagina. Yeah, exactly. Like, I find I found it super creepy. Just, like, I know I'm sure she meant it well. I'm sure she, she got the intentions are good. And she did obviously, like, still think I was worth pursuing after that. But, like... And they can have their relationship dynamics be whatever the fuck they want them to be, I guess. Yeah. As yeah, problematic I mean, like, as they are. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they could have consented to it, it doesn't matter if it's sexist and creepy, you know? <laughs> but I do, do, I do think... Yeah, but I do... I do the idea of like you saying like to your to to your partner say hey, you know I'm I'm talking to this this girl. It turns out she's trans. What's the deal? What are what are my boundaries? I'm going. Hmm. I don't really like your asshole. How about you put it in there? It just seems like really uh, weird. And this yeah. is getting quite personal. Obviously, I'm not going to name this person. I'm still talking to him a little bit, but like, I don't. I just. I think this is an important experience like to talk about because we talk about to trans people and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's had this happen to them. I think it's notable. But it was also notable that they were accepting of it and that they didn't call me a man and that they mm-hmm. were still interested and I then they let me feel desirable even after that, even though they just said even though the response was kind of I, I wasn't into it, but like, you know, other people could be. And I I think it's important to that, you, that we're in an area, area now where like some people saw some people look up your profile as you're trans and turn you down some people um have been talking to you for days and days and days and then you ask them to meet up and they check your profile again they're like oh no and then they block you but like some people you know they still find us desirable and stuff and there's there's hope i guess that's what i'm saying more to myself than to you guys i suppose because i've been feeling a little put out on that part recently as I suppose a lot of us are but there that, are people who find so trans fascinating. women yeah yeah well it's fascinating because it's an intersection of poly 
and and trans issues. And it's fascinating to me because this was a situation where in terms of this could be perceived as unicorn hunting, um, which for those who are not aware is a practice in the poly community, which is widely debated, very hotly debated, wherein um, typically uh, cis heterosexual couples that were previously monogamous open their relationship looking for a bisexual female who will be in a relationship with the both of them. Um, and sometimes they ask for exclusivity and sometimes they don't. And sometimes it is also just for the sake of, uh, sex. So, like, I think that looking for a unicorn can also just apply to situations of sex. So this, like, initially was a girl who matched with you, and then it turned into, well, do you want to be our unicorn for a minute? But it was also, so it was, like, strangely respectful in that unicorn hunty kind of way. And, yeah. like, strangely respectful in that trans kind of way, but also, like, sort of, there were some microaggressions built into that, even as she was trying to be nice about it and still express interest. So that's just a fascinating, a fascinating yeah. experience. Yeah, I agree completely. Like, I don't feel bad about it, and I feel kind of respected, and I feel like it did, it did make me, like, leave feeling, like, kind of good and also just confused and weird. Yeah. Like I don't, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm more just like realized that I'm not the kind of person that wants to do that sort of thing than like was offended. But at the same time, like, right. yeah, it's just one of these situations. Like you see that a lot on Tinder, actually. Like people who are looking for a third, and a lot of those are the kind of other people that end up messaging me because I guess like it's one of these things, you know, like a trans woman. It's like, oh well, they've got some bits that I want and some other bits that I want, and it's like, mm, yeah. Mm, mm maybe that's maybe that's a bit fetishization but all the same same i don't want to feel desired and if someone has a fetish for me at this point i don't really give a shit I'm just that is that is the tough thing uh, is like <laughs> feeling validated but like it's a fetish but also like damn i mean like there's women who make fucking bank on that whole thing where it's like yeah, yeah i know that you're fetishizing me but you know what i'm like taking all of your money so like yeah have fun <laughs> yeah i think honestly i think at this point like if you have got a fetish for trans women and you're a nice person and and pretty enough for me, and my standards aren't that high, like I could be pretty. <laughs> that sounded super bitchy. Like, oh poor cat! <laughs> it was a joke. Um, but I would, yeah. But I would. I kind of. I think I'd still be into it. And I know that kind of says probably maybe maybe to other trans women who have a lot more self esteem than me. That says a lot about me. But you know, at this point, couldn't give a toss. Like come come at me. We're going not through tough times right now, okay? We need it. We need this. <laughs> we need Levin. This is just what this podcast is now. It's just soliciting. It's <laughs> just, yeah, date me. <laughs> oh, Buy God, me we're awful. Tinder. <laughs> DM me, okay? I, All right. <laughs> I, I can't even complain. I have, like, a person who's interested in me. And to be quite frank... I, I suspect that there is perhaps a slight element of uh, my willingness to do emotional labor being taken advantage of, but it's not being taken advantage of because I understand already that that's a possibility of what's happening with this girl that I've been hanging out with. Because she did mention that uh, she goes on Tinder to get guys to talk to her so that she can have, so that she can get sympathy basically when she's like having a tough time. Um, I guess it makes her feel better. And like, so I was one of the people that she met on Tinder. And the most recent time that we hung out, she like ended up upset because her roommate said something to her 
and I like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get you from crying to not crying, and spent like an hour doing that, and now she's like, I really want to see you, and I'm like, haha, this could be bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know again, like now. you, I'm cool with it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, whatever. We've hung out three times, and two out of three times we've hooked up. So I'm like, I'm I'm so there. I'm like, I'll accept, I'll accept this risk <laughs> because you're willing to fuck me. <laughs> I think what we've established this episode is that we're, we're, we're pretty great advocates for other people and terrible advocates for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no boundary crossing happening. And sure. it would be the same with you if you were, like, uh, capitulating to a fetishist. Just, like, I mean, I'm not, like, I don't feel great about this, but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel but pretty with my great situation, about I'm just incapable this. of trusting people. Sure, sure. Mm. <laughs> did you say you made out with a girl recently? Yeah, yeah, I did. That's cool. I didn't really want. I, I didn't really want to go into that. Though. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, at least you had one, like one small thing recently. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Mm. Small victories. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. Yeah, well, it's, it's not always a positive experience, but that's fine. I was quite drunk, to be fair. Like, that's mainly the reason it happened. Mm. But, yeah. No, do we have another question? That's why I don't because get I wanna, drunk I'm trying to dodge this answer. <laughs> no, it's okay. Sorry. I didn't mean okay. to bring it back around. Um, oh, no, it's cool. Uh, yeah, so I think that we've basically... Is there anything else in this email that we could address with the dating thing? Using um, dating apps is, like, the only way, really, from, in my opinion. You, you manage to, like, make out with people in person more often than I do because you go out and meet people at bars, um, whereas I use dating apps primarily. So I frequently don't even get to a point where I speak to a person, <laughs> uh, which is also part of why I'm putting up with, you know, whatever, with this girl that I'm seeing because she's mean, literally the first girl to answer and actually hang out with me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I'm on Tinder as well. I don't enjoy using it, but I do use it. And, like, I was quite good at it for the last couple of weeks. I was talking to a lot of people, and I was sort of moving towards meetings up with them. Like, a few of them, I asked them, and they just stopped responding. So mm -hmm. um, I'm a bit down on it this week. But I have been, like, more successful than I used to be, and part of that is just actually being active with replying to people and not waiting two, three days to do it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But I've got, I was talking to another trans friend of mine a few um about today i think and she was saying that she hasn't like met anyone in real life and it's all been through tinder and things like that so if you're if you're confident enough to ask people to go out with you without much fanfare i mean you're gonna get rejected a lot of the times but you know like a lot of large numbers if you do it to a thousand people someone's gonna say yes so how it depends how off, how good you feel about being rejected you know if you if it destroys your world like it does to me it might be terrible but like if you don't mind, like everyone, some, some people, a lot of people saying no, and then some people saying yes, it's going to be a pretty good tactic as long as you're not creepy with it. I have a question that I just thought of for you. Um, have sure. you ever, or would you consider trying to find someone to hook up with on like Craigslist? I don't think I've ever used Craigslist in my life, so okay, quite difficult. Isn't that still like plain text Craigslist? Yeah. It's it's still yeah. pretty simple. Like the website hasn't gotten terribly more complicated, but they have like the casual encounters part of the site. I also don't like know, like I don't know about 
like the international versions of the website or like if it even exists outside of the United States, it occurred to me as soon as I asked you, I was like, wait, Craigslist is like location oriented. Do they I've even, never heard like, of anyone. Yeah, I've never heard of anyone that's not an American using it. Um, okay. But at the same time, I wouldn't go on Gumtree and like look for it because that seems kind of creepy. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay, maybe that's our equivalent. But like, <laughs> that would be weird. I don't think you can date on Gumtree. That'd be super weird. Like Tinder's probably the best place to do it right now. There's only some new apps. I might, I mean, someone that I know people that have found dating, that found someone to date through plenty of fish and stuff. But you know, I I like meeting people in real life. I feel like you make more of a connection, and like you kind of know more better whether you're going to get along or not. Um, I mean, that doesn't hasn't worked for me um, recently, but you know. I feel like you do you do have a bit of a connection, so when you can try, when you try it out, you know you have a good idea about how your personality is going inter- to interact. You don't know how you're going to get along sexually, of course, but like if you get along well, like I feel like some, at some point sometimes that's worth you know if you think you might be attracted to each other and you get along super well, that's could be a relationship for, uh, for a good relationship if it's com- if you're compatible. And if you're not, you know you st- still stay friends with them because staying friends with people even though you find them is pretty cool. And um, you don't have to talk about that, and you can just be friends. <laughs> and you've you've had you've had some fun jokes together, and you can still get on. And I'm that's how I stayed best friends with my ex of seven years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you really have to. I mean, you don't have to, but it's it's nicer. I think it's healthy. To... Yeah, as long as you didn't break up like horribly, oh, that'd be real bad. So, like, if you have a hookup with someone. And it ends with them telling you you're, you're a dirty, dirty person and you should wash your mouth out with bleach. Maybe that'd be a different situation to just being like, hey, this ain't working. Or I don't love like, you oh, anymore. Cool. Or something like that. You we know. Can hang out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you get to weird places years later, years later when you when you people find out you've been dating while you're hanging out and they're like, what the fuck? Isn't that weird? And you're like, no. And then like, <laughs> you, you, run, you run away and you question whether it's weird again because that happens. I mean, seriously, I I don't know if this is a thing about being demi or a thing about being trans or, like, having been socialized more female, like, at least I feel I was, um, but, like, I don't know. I have such a difficult time in relationships, like, just talking to people. I don't know. I had a grander idea of where I was going to go with that statement, and I lost it because so many people that you're in relationships with, or do what? Talking to people that you're in relationships with, or like I don't know. Okay, my brain came up with so many different examples that I got overwhelmed by all of them and got distracted from whichever one was originally my goal. You feel Um, fell backwards into your mind palace, is what you did there. Yeah, I fell back into my mind palace. That's exactly how that works. Sherlock. Uh, um, we have another question from July from this guy on Twitter. Do we really? And, oh, Twitter. <laughs> well, and he says, about to check out your SoundCloud. Would you mind giving me some feedback on my pinned tweet? And the answer is no. No, we, we're not going to do that. I do mind. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's sorry. all. That's all I wanted to say. I really doubt that that person is going to stick around and listen, but I kind of hope that they do also. Like, they've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for months to hear about whether I'm going to talk about the, the pin SoundCloud. I think Answer, it was a music no. video. 
I'm sure I'm sure it's very good, but I'm also sure you're not listening, so fuck you. <laughs> yeah. No sub for sub here, friend. No, exactly. Um you know, if you if you send emails, we will answer them. It, it will take months, but we will get to them, even if you're weird guys on um, Twitter, apparently. Um, yeah. We should just be saucy on Twitter like Wendy's is. We should. Oh, we got this email from Jamie Crabb at Patreon, which says, do you have one minute to answer a question for us? And the answer is yes. Yes, we do have one minute. We do have one minute. Thank Wait, you for us. that? Thank you for your question. It's in the promotions folder on the email. Okay. It's the only uh, okay. one that says red. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, now I'm just now I'm just being silly. But like yeah, I, I, now we're yeah. just being silly. That's okay. Oh god. There's so many Twitter notifications in the email. Anyway, yeah, I don't, fix don't that. check those. Those would be bad. Yeah, if you do want to ask us a question, you can contact us. <laughs> at transatlanticpod at gmail.com we will answer them if we get around to it um, we, we we didn't answer this one for a while mainly because we were kind of waiting for like some more to stack up and they didn't which is fine but I hope that um, we answer them all adequately and if you have a few more follow ups anyone or anything questions, comments, concerns you can send them to the British History Pod no the transatlanticpod <laughs> at gmail.com um, <laughs> you can contact us uh, facebook.com slash transatlanticpod um, twitter.com slash transatlpodcast um, patreon.com slash transatlantic give us some money um, but you can also ask us questions that's simple and that's what we're focusing on today please do that if you can it contributes to the conversation we'll answer them even if they're dumb and even, mm-hmm. I quite like the dumb ones honestly they give me some seriously yeah. if we can just ramble for an hour about bullshit I would be happy I'm, that's that's my exact that's my idea of a perfect podcast to be honest. For me, it might not be your idea, your, your perfect idea, listeners. This is it's... like this is like the Drawfee show on YouTube where they take your dumb suggestions and make even dumber drawings. We'll take your dumb sure. suggestions and make even dumber podcast episodes. If you really want to make it complicated, leave a comment on one of Lux's videos and say it's a question for the podcast so that we lose it forever. <laughs> I will actually, I will be like honed in. That's for me. Take it. <laughs> Patreon.com anyway. slash Alexander for that if you want to give yeah. them some money. Um, music, George Gad, Runaway. Good song. Good boy. Buy it. Um, he's driving me to a wedding this weekend because he's lovely. Um, hopefully, it will go well. Um, wish you all the best. Chris and Xanthi, you're lovely people. You're not listening because you're not trans, but that's fine. Alright, is that about it? I believe so. I usually think I've forgotten something at this point, but I don't think we have. Um, next episode should be a bit more serious for those that don't like those stuff. Or maybe it won't be. Maybe we'll try and make it serious and it'll be shit. But, and by shit, I mean not serious. It'll still be great. That's all. All right. It's because we're amazing. <laughs> we are. Okay. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.